Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Welcome back to 20th Century Geek. Now, this week I am sat alone. That's right, alone in 20th Century Towers. Uh, I was intended to have good old Mike Kennedy with me, but I think work, life and weather have conspired against us and uh, we haven't been able to get together. So this is going to be a bit of a, be a, bit of a, a mini-sode, you know, a mini-pod, uh, a pid, maybe. Um... And it's going to be my review of uh, the recent wrestling release movie, Walk Like a Panther. Uh, I was going to do this with Mike, and I think we, you know, we might have to do it again at some point in the future. But uh, I thought I'd just crack on, really, uh, because the film's out, and it's, it's. I'm going to say this right, right up front: it's worth seeing. It's a, it's a good, fun British film. It is very much in the vein of the Full Monty. Okay, but if you don't know what this is, let me give you a bit of a, uh, a rundown of the plot. It's very simple. So back in the day, back in the 80s, uh, as we covered in the last episode, uh, in Britain there was a show called World of Sport. Now World of Sport covered uh, a multitude of sports, but a big part of it was British professional wrestling. Um, and this had characters in it like uh, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, Kendo Nagasaki, uh, a load of characters that were very British. Very British indeed. And by that I mean um, they looked a bit like your uncle, you know. Um, not quite in shape, but still doing daft things in the ring. Um, or, if Big Daddy was the case, uh, just a very big bloke who had enough charisma to get himself over. This is not your UK, uh, your US, sorry, glamour, uh, pyrotechnics and big music. This is a very different kind of scene. Check it out on YouTube. It's really worth checking out. However, World of Sport was cancelled in 1988. Uh, and although it was running for many, many years, there were still young guys coming up through the ranks. And a small group of those uh, were referred to as the Panthers, uh, based in the north of England. Um, and they just sort of like they'd had a, some of their time, but probably not all of the time. They probably hadn't hit their prime. Um, and hadn't had a chance to sort of really show the world what they could do. And so the rug had been pulled out from under them um, as they were sort of riding that, just about to hit the height. Jump forward to present day, to 30 years later, and these guys are still living that sort of, you know, a little bit on that legacy, but they've been absorbed into the community. Um and the community sort of rallies around this group of people that used to be this this professional wrestling troupe, uh, really led up by the the the, the sort of I don't want to say the leader, but probably the, the the champ, the one, the Hogan of the group, you know, the 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 Rock, the the John Cena, the one that had the charisma and the sort of the way, um, and he eventually dies. He passes away, um, and the group decide to raise some money in his memory to have one last shot at uh, doing something um, they you know during the wake I'm not going to tell the whole story but during this, the, the guy's wake 
uh, there's a short tussle and some of these wrestlers you know now in their 40s and 50s well in their 50s I should say 50s and 60s end up in a tussle with some young with a younger person this gets online and they really get some attention and it seems like they can actually make some money for you know to raise some money for themselves for uh, for the charity or for you know just for the community um this then turns a different way when the pub, the Half Nelson, uh, which sort of forms the heart of this community, uh, is going to be closed down. So this wrestling match, the stakes are now increased. Uh, rather than it being just to raise money for the community, it is now about raising money to buy the pub, uh, to make it a community pub. That's the stick. They've got to make this a success to save the pub uh, what they consider to be the heart of the community, and it goes from there really. You know, it's it's very sort of uh, I would say atypical. It follows a standard plot. You know, you've got these things that they've got to post this thing. Uh, they've got to do this thing. They've got to raise this money. Can they do it? What are they going to do to do it? You know, how do they get back in shape? Who do they get back in the ring? There's always going to be ones that are reluctant. Um, it's very rote, if I'm perfectly honest. It is very predictable. Um, but that doesn't mean it's bad or it's bland. You know, it, it, it's much like World of Sport. If World, you know, World of Sport was a thing you sat down with the family to enjoy it on a sort of a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, and it was you know you had a pot of tea and some biscuits or something. That's what this film is. It, this isn't a blockbuster. You know, this is never going to beat Black Panther or you know anything like that. This is. Uh, a Saturday or a Sunday, a wet Sunday afternoon film that makes you feel good, and that's what's so good about this film. It does; it genuinely makes you feel good. The cast are great. I mean, there's a, there's a the father-son dynamic between uh, Stephen Graham as uh, Mark Bolton, the the younger uh, man who now runs the pub, uh, the Half Nelson, and his dad Dave Johns, who's Trevor Bolton, who was the wrestler, um, is really interesting. It's, it actually holds some quite sort of interesting um, facets that probably aren't explored as fully as they would be in other films. But the fact that Trevor, you know, the the dad, I mean, dedicated so much of his his, his younger days to to wrestling in his career that he, he actually accepts and acknowledges that he wasn't the dad he should have been to Mark and really probably let him down in many respects. It, you know, it's covered. It's like this is a second chance for them. Should he should he still do it? Um, but the rest of the cast are great. This is this is one of those casts where you can just see that they they get on and they understand the joke. You know they understand the ridiculousness of this situation. Um, you know you've got you've got Julian Sands. Uh, you know a guy, a, a relatively good-looking guy in his late forties, and that playing a character called Sweet Cheeks. Uh, you know it's it, it's it's that level of ridiculousness. Um, but I'm going to give real props to uh, Robbie G, who plays a character who plays a trans, a black trans, well, he's black, but he plays a black trans <coughs> wrestler, um, which, is, which is fantastic in itself, a fantastic character, really well portrayed. But it also adheres to what I would consider to be the... Um, the casual, the, it is, it's the casual racism of the 80s that was a bit of a, a wink and a nudge and was probably acceptable in those days, playing a character called Zulu Dawn. Um, and I was gobsmacked to see that they even allowed this, but it was amazing to see that, yeah, there would have been characters called things like Zulu Dawn. You've got, you know, um, there would have been these pale, pasty white guys called 
Big Daddy or whatever. And then, you know, or even Mick McManus. They just had an, a, a standard name. And then when the, the sort of like the exotic uh, black athlete comes in that actually looks cut and athletic and they give him a name like Zulu Dawn. It's just standard. It's part of the course. It's, it's the way things went. But to have that actually played out and it to be seen as not just a, not as a joke but um acknowledged as yeah it didn't really shouldn't have been that way but it's fab it, you know he is fabulous in this robbie g is fabulous it's fantastic um the other one i've really got to give uh, big props to is chris uh, fairbank who plays a character called leslie beck who is the villain now when i say the villain he's not the villain of the piece he's not like you know the person trying to close the pub that goes to somebody else he plays the villain of the um, wrestling troupe. And that's a really, really key role of a wrestling uh, entertainment. You can have two good guys wrestle, you know, in a, in a specific way. And either one can go over and or either one can win and it'll be good. The crowd will be engaged. If they're good, they can get the crowd engaged. But nothing, and I mean nothing, gets a crowd going more than a villain. Like a good villain. I mean, you, if you if you've been to a pantomime, you know what I mean. It's always fun to cheer for Peter Pan, but we love to boo and hiss at Captain Hook, and you need that. Um, and this guy is fantastic. I love his gimmick to the extent that I would, if I was to go back, I would take some of the gimmick in it. Uh, the guy's not young. I mean, this guy's in his late sixties, I think, mid to late sixties, and he takes some hits. Uh, and we'll get onto that in a minute as well, but. Fair play to him. And they build a legend around this guy uh, before you even meet him. And he is fantastic. He plays the part fantastically. So I would say that, that he was one of my favourite parts. Chris Fairbanks is fantastic as Leslie Beck. Uh, and the, the the story will say that they, when they give him the legend of bringing a Shetland pony into the uh, ring just to punch it in the face to make the kids cry, it sounds ludicrous. It sounds vile. It would have probably happened in 70s and 80s wrestling in the UK without a shadow of a doubt. I can imagine Harley Race doing that kind of thing in the States or Roddy Piper, something like that. Anyway, so this troupe, they do, they work together. The dynamics in this are fantastic and it really, really works. So I've got to give credit to all of these guys for making me want to support this group. Because the, the fact of the matter is, the story itself is really quite, let's say, rote and a little bit daft. Like, you know, the heart, the heart of the town in, in 2018... The heart of the village being the pub, it's it feels uh, outdated a little bit. If it was a concept in itself, but the fact they've built this around it makes it so much more entertaining. Um, what I would say is this originally was going to be a sitcom, and there are parts of this that you can just tell don't quite feel movie level. <laughs> Uh, or, or you know, or uh, big enough to be in the film. The jokes feel very TV, or they feel a bit flat in many respects. So there are parts that probably good with a, a bit of more polish. Um, but where the comedy is involved, uh, again, like some of the characters really do play up the parts um, and really do, you know, they 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 nail it. They nail it. they they see that these aren't serious characters. It's a daft film. I'd say, you know, again, another one to call out and, uh, is Steve First as Popty Wilson Jr. as the sort of, like, the promoter. Uh, and to talk about promoters in this country, in any country, with small uh, booking promoters, they will seriously try and take you for everything, everything you've got. Um, 
and he's exactly that. He is that. He's just a sort of a, not even he's not snidey. He's not horrible. He's just he's almost like a small time con man. He'll, you know, he'll get you to do what he needs you to do to raise the money, and then he'll take the money. You know, it's it's he's that kind of person. But he'll make you believe that it's all important. Um. So really, as a, as a film, is it a good film? Um. Yeah, it's enjoyable. If at any point you have been involved in the British wrestling scene, this film is worth a watch. It's a really, really good film. If you enjoy films like uh, The Full Monty, I'll even say like Brassed Off, um, that sort of level of British comedy, you'll enjoy this. You know, it's not daft. Um, without being bad, like your nan's going to love this. Like you can watch this in front of your nan and it's not going to be offensive. Um, it's good fun. It's good fun. And I'm hoping that this probably isn't going to this isn't going to storm the cinema screens, but I'm hoping uh, it'll find a home on uh, streaming and on uh, DVD because it's really really worth uh, a watch. So that was just a quick review, really. Uh, my thoughts on it. Uh, oh, one couple of things I would say is sorry. Okay, still got the uh, the main event of the of the, sh- of the film and the sort of the third act is the wrestling show that they decide to put on to, to obviously save the pub. Um, whoever filmed this, the cinematographer and the editor in this deserve a massive pat on the back because they take something which is clearly, it's staged in and of itself. Um, but then to have actors do it and to make them look as, um, quick and as athletic and for the hits to look as good as they do in many of these cuts and these scenes is so well done. Um, the camera placing is fantastic. The editing is really good. Um, it, it's it's a treat to watch. I mean, it got me going. I was like, these, these look like they're doing some legit moves. And I'm sure they did. I, in fact, I know they did from um, conversations and from other reviews. They do some of the removes. But the way it's been edited uh, gives it that extra nudge. So some of it might feel like a bit like gentle comedy, but that end is all in. I was all in for it by that. And that's what's so good about this film is... It starts off gentle and it rolls and it rolls and it rolls. And by the time you get to the end, I was all in on this group. I wanted them to win. I was on their side. Um, Cracking is what it was. It was a cracking British film and uh, fully enjoyed it. Now, bit of a treat. um, Because I say this is just a bit of a a mini pod. Um, Not only are you going to hear me rambling about this film, so I apologise for my ramblings. But I also had the opportunity to interview and to talk about the film with... Uh, actor and comedian Steve First, who plays Popsy Wilson Jr., uh, about his experience on the film, uh, about reco- uh, filming it with uh, Dan Kadan, and uh, he was a part of the original cast uh, in 2010, 2012, when this was going to be a sitcom. So it was fascinating to talk to him uh, about this film. So go check it out, have a listen to the interview, and uh, I'll see you after the interview. Thanks for taking the time. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat to me about the film. No problem. Um, so really, because I've been I've been watching a lot of uh, I'm doing a whole load of stuff in eighties wrestling, so I've been watching a lot of World of Sport and, uh, and and the American style as well. But World of Sport was is, is quintessentially British in its style and its presentation. 
was it part of your childhood? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, it was weird because, you know, I, I grew up in London, but it always was a glimpse into a, a part of the country that, you know, I'd only really ever heard of, um, you know, civic halls in Huddersfield or Hull or Grimsby or wherever. And it always just seemed like another another world completely removed from my reality. Yeah. Um, but, of course, it was still very much... Quintessentially, as you said, quintessentially English, and and it just felt like I say, I've always loved stuff that's a bit low rent <laughs> and a little bit shabby. And, yeah. and even at that age, you know, I knew that it was just that, and I loved it. It, it never seemed glamorous to me, particularly because of the audience were anything but glamorous. Yes, I mean, it's like you say, it was all the social clubs and the grannies beating them with their handbags and all that kind of thing. It's uh... exactly. It wasn't like a boxing, you know, like a high-end boxing match, which always had people in bow ties at the front and you know, all the great, the good, and um, showbiz stars ringside. It was none of that. So I, you know, I, I, I felt that, like the darts, it was, it was for everybody. Yeah, the thing about that, say that the other difference I always find with the British, when you're watching it, is even like you know the 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 villains or the, the, the more healy characters and, and the big blue eye faces, they never took it, none of it was ever taken wholly seriously. It was always tongue in cheek. Yeah, exactly. I think there's the, that's, the, that's the kind of British way it always laughs at itself. Mm. And, you know, the fact that these, a lot of them, you know, were athletes and it started as a, you know, as an athletic pursuit. But then you did have your, your much, you know, your, your, your haystacks and your big daddies, and, you know, which were anything but. So it seemed tenable, you know, it seemed that anyone could could do it. Um, it wasn't prohibited, and it didn't, uh, like the Americans took it to another level in terms of prowess and uh, uh, physical form. That's it, yeah. Um, you know, and that, and so, uh, uh, you know, then, and then it seemed light years away from reality. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I like that fact that you go. You know, not that I ever really wanted to get to the ring, but um, you could if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, that's it. A, a, a friend of mine, when we were talking about this the other night, he actually said, it's, "Well, the Americans, you know, with all the colourful lycra and the, the, you know, the pyrotechnics and the big music, it, they turned it into a superhero show, whilst yeah. the British one was was like watching your your mad uncle in his mate in the ring." But it, it, you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and also you know that they all had normal jobs. Yes, yes, this you was know, a good... that come come Monday morning, and I know, you know, you know, they were, you know, playing to millions of people on a Saturday on a Saturday afternoon, mm. and then, you know, they're having to clean windows or fix drainage on on a Monday morning, which, you know, was cruel on the one hand, but also quite beautiful on the other hand. Yeah, like you said these were these were normal guys. These were, you know, they weren't. Seven days in the gym, they were like, say that, but they had a job, they got families to support and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, you know, of course, it, it, there were the real villains were often the promoters and the people that took the money and, and didn't, um, you know, didn't portion it out as it should have been. You know, it always felt like that, you know, that um, it was a bit of them and us. Yeah. So, um, you that, know, that I, still goes on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've experienced sort of some of that with with lots of things. It's always like the, the booker or the promoter is always taking slightly more than they suggest they're ever taking. So always, but it's the unseen expenses, isn't it? Yes, that's it. That's that's, it. You know, we've got we got overheads. You know, we, we've got we've got posters and and you know, bonding doesn't come cheap. You yeah. know, you know, you yeah, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
see it now. So, so it's, to watch all that has been fantastic, and then to watch um, walk like a panther was it was, you know, it was it was like stepping in back into it. It was really it's a brilliant film. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, me and Mike, uh, my mate who co-host on the podcast, uh, really enjoyed it. And um, what I didn't know until I started like looking into it to talk to you is it was originally pitched as a sitcom back in 2011. Well, it was, and we filmed it. And oh, okay. We filmed uh, an episode. We filmed um, Half Hour mm. with some of the same cast, and we felt that when we were making it, that it was like, oh, this should be a film. Mm. And um, for various reasons, for boring, boring political reasons, it was never picked up. Yeah. But, it was ri- but Channel 4 loved it, Sky loved it, um, so we knew that there was a story here, and a story with some great characters. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, Dan, who ran and directed it, wanted you know to do. It was a story about people, and it was a story about community. Yeah. And um, you know, and you know, having known wrestlers, you know, you know that the community is still very tight. Yeah. Is is it? It feels again like the British. It's a British story, you know. It centres around a local community, a small community. It's got a central point like the pub and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it really does. T- it hit home, you know, for for me and yeah, Mike, really, good. in many ways. Um, good. I think it's going to be one of those films that people, because British haven't liked it, but I think it's going to be one of those films that over the the next year, people mm. will discover, and and it, you know, it speaks to people that. And that's it, and that's why I thought, you know, that's why I want to get it out on the podcast as well to talk about it, because I do think it's a film right. worth seeing, and, and you know, to say get that that word out there. Um, yeah. The story, though, so the concept that you had in two thousand and eleven, and you filmed then, how much, as much of it changed that you know when it translated to the film, it being a different format and stuff. Well, the main change was uh, the hook being the pub, mm. and being the pub being threatened with closure. So there had to, be, there was a reason for them. Because the, the sitcom pilot episode ended with them getting in the coach and going off to wrestle. But right. it didn't seem to be a real, there didn't seem to be a point to them doing that, uh, other than they wanted to get back together mm. uh, and on a ginger frost. So yeah. with this, it was like, no, there's a reason, there's a jeopardy, there's a, they need to get the money in order to buy back the pub. And, um, and, and that, you know, at the, at the time, you know, since 2011, more and more pubs closing down, and it seems to be more and more um, current in that way. Mm. No, it definitely it does. It provides a real heart to the. That's the centre of the film. It's the motivator, and I think that's the, you know, the thing, the, the thing that people anchored to. Um, yeah. One thing there's a note. So in the in the film, you are Popsy Junior. Um, yeah. I noticed on the casting list for the sitcom, then you were Popsy. So is the Junior sort of a bit of a nod to the previous incarnation? Yeah, well, no, it's more that he's, um, there's a mention, it's only it's, a, it's only really mentioned, and it was mentioned in the sitcom as well, but that, that, that your dad, that yes. my dad had something to do with it. So it was the idea that, um, you know, it, uh, he's been around, they don't really trust him, they certainly didn't trust his dad, he was one of the, those promoters that we talked about, yeah. and that he had something, that I had something to do with the, um, 
the end or their, the, the end of their their days, their glory days. Mm. And of course, you know, that was out of Pops's control. It was it was all to, due to you know world of sport finishing and the Americans taking over really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, there's a, I think he feels the chance to redeem himself and the name or the Wilson name, if you like, you know, yes. and actually go, you know, I'm not as bad as you might think I am. So he's, he's one of those characters that you don't quite trust at the beginning, yeah. but you sort of warm to because his heart's in the right place, really. And he's also got this personal relationship with Bourne as well. Yes. Again, not really, you know, it's not, it's not laboured, but there's definitely something there. And it gives it a, another little human touch. No, it did. I mean, the, the thing I liked about the character was, he, you're right, you warm to him, but he, he always, he's always play, or you always play him, as I would almost imagine, um, like an 80s manager to be. You know, that sort of like, yeah, he's helping them out, but he's always got his slightly own agenda. So, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and, I, and I always quite like that. that. Even at the end, the very end, when you sort of, like, you know, you have uh, the money to give back to Mark, and then he's about to make it, and you're like, "Well, I'll need this then." And it's that thing, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm always gonna have my hand well, in my pocket. Well, you know, well, there was a previous draft of the script um, that he actually does a runner. You know, that you hear him calling up and booking a holiday, and you see the money uh, by his uh, by his side in his Range Rover, mm. which is a really shitty 1970s Range Rover. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and and Dan felt that it just felt too cruel. Yeah, he felt that you know. He wouldn't do that. He'd kind of come round and he'd go, you know what, let's, you know, he'd, he'd be, he's on their side. That's it, he'd become one of the Panthers, hadn't he? I mean, much like, uh, yeah. you know, like I say, that that's the thing about this film, it is a community film. Like, even like Ricky Rickson ends up becoming yes. part of the group sort of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, 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 the characters are great. I mean, some of the names, were they all done by Dan um, Cadden or was Dan, it? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I would say they were. It was... Um, you know, the, 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 some of the names existed before the Dixon, you know, eight years ago, the Dixons were there. Yeah. Um, Ginger Frost was there. Zulu Dawn is a name was there. Um, so, yeah, the names have been around for a while, actually. I'd say nearly all of them. Um, Lara Sweet Cheeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they all felt a little, again, they all felt a little bit low rent as well. You know, Sweet Cheeks is a pretty, you know, it, it, it's not ideas above your station with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's still, you know, it's still very British. It's not the rock or the Hulk or the, you know, it's, there, there, there's, a, there's a shabbiness to it, which I quite like. Well, the thing is, one of the things, you know, especially talking about the guys, um, those, the gimmicks and the characters they have, um, you know, I, I worked on the British uh, wrestling scene, the independent scene, for for quite a few years, sort of like 2003 to about 2010. And I know right. all these people. I know them. Right. Yeah. You know, like good, I've I've, I've met those people on the on the independent circuit. And so watching it, you're like, I know a Sweet Cheeks. I know a Zulu Dawn. I know a you know the, a Gladiator sort of thing. I know all those people. I was I'm one of them. To be fair, you know, you can see you go, okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was fantastic, but. I was it? I mean, the cat that for the third act for the show, and for some of the training, like the guys take some pretty good-looking bumps. Um, you know, what did they do for? Was there? Tra- I'm assuming there was training. Um, they were, and it was. Um, there were a couple of guys training them, and it was hard for them. You know, I mm. mean, because they didn't have they didn't have weeks of training. It's probably about a week. Yeah. 
Mm. And um, a couple of them really rose to the challenge. And uh, the, the one who found it the most difficult was, was Chris Fairbank, who plays Leslie Beck. Yeah. And he nearly, you know, I mean, the, that day of filming, he was a broken man at the end of it. And yeah. He, he was genuinely about him because, you know, he's not fit. He's not, he's an actor. He's, and, yeah, yeah. And the way it's edited, I was like, sweet Jesus, they've made him look like a giant, you know? Yes. Um, but of course, he's still, you know, there are still moves that he had to replicate from training in the ring, and uh, and he did it. You know, he gave him, he gave he gave his all, mm. and you can't, you know, what it's like. If you if if you can't make it look like it, then it, then that those last bouts will just the, the film will die. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think, when I, and I hope, and I know from my own viewing of it that they pull it off beautifully. You know. Oh, they really do. Like I say, the editing is fantastic, but like in others, there's some of the moves are really sweet. I mean, there's, you know, there's some real, um, really well sort of like placed bumps, and and it's. I was thinking, like I say, these, are, you know, if they haven't had weeks or even months of training, the the body acclimatizes to it when you're taking the bumps. But if you're not used to it, those hurt. Those sure. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, bear in mind, of course, you know, it's all about it's about when you've got to film from five, six angles. Mm. You got to do it again, do it again, do it again. And you know, by the last one, you know, it's oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> and you could, you know, with some of them, they were really suffering. But um, the crowd, the rented crowd that we had for four days, we shot in Huddersfield Town Hall. They were tireless in their enthusiasm for getting behind them. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, so once the initial uh, flourish and the, you know, the, the, wow, they're amazing. You know, you, you rely on them to still pull, that, pull their enthusiasm out the bag, and they really did. And that, of course, fuels our actors into, into delivering, which, which mm. was something I have to say. Yeah. Well, it is definitely one of those things that, like, you know, again, having done it and, and been there, it's, it's, you, you sort of you can get through if the crowd's up and you get that instant gratification from it like you said you'll you'll battle through and you'll love it and then you get yeah, backstage and it, hurts. Isn't it, really? it is it really is it, it doesn't hurt till the next day when you get up and you've got to go to work and you say oh <laughs> there geez. you go well Stevie actually interesting Stevie Graham was the first to get injured oh really um, in, in, a, in training mm. and because he thought you know he, he was the only one going to the gym regularly and uh, and Sod's Law, he was the one that had the first twist of the ankle, Oof. and it was pretty bad. And then um, Stevie, who plays Ben Higgins, he also had a bit of an injury. Um, so you know there was a worry that, you know, that that it's it's often the the more innocuous moves where you think you're going to be fine are actually the ones that, that catch you off guard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, it shows the commitment they committed to the role. So if you, you know, if, you, if you're taking your bumps, you're taking your hits, then it's uh, it's going to look good. Yeah. yeah, 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 good. No, but fantastic. I'll, uh, that's been it's been it's been great talking to you about the film, and um, I've got to say I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and um, Thank you. and um, what's the word? We will be. No, we will be. Know, and the nice thing, well, the nice thing is, of course, you know these these films, you know, even.
and the, the wrestling, you know, the wrestling fraternity are very behind it. They and are. I think the wrestling fraternity in America are also very behind it. Because mm. they, they do have a real respect for, the, for, the, for where it came from, you know. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. The Very in- supportive, so. The indie scene over here, here and in the US, they really are passionate, and if they love something, they'll love it, and they'll give it all their all, sure. so um, I'm hoping they'll find legs. Um, be- before we sort of sign off, though, is there anything else you want to plug or uh, throw any awareness out there for? Um, not really. I'm always just plugging my doing, you know, on my, I mean, you know, my website, stevefirst.com, and I'm, I, I've got my other characters on my alter ego Lenny Beige who's yeah. been going around for 25 years and in fact that was how I met Dan because I, I, I was promoting wrestling in London and I got to the ring a couple of times as Lenny in, you know in, in a kind of jokely way yeah yeah but um, yeah so I'm still plugging away with him and uh, I'm always doing live shows and I'm trying to book a tour where I'm doing a Neil Diamond tribute um, as well this year so that's been Excellent. going down for well last year Thank you, Steve. It's been fantastic. I really appreciate it. Have a good evening, mate. Cheers. Well, there we go. The wonderful Steve first, uh, taking the time out of his day to talk to us about uh, Warlock Panther. Fantastic. Thanks again, Steve. Really appreciate it. Um, So... Just going around it all again. I really do recommend you see this film. It's a, it's a great laugh. Take the family, take your granny, take your granddad. Good fun. So, what's coming next for 20th Century Geek? So, I think we've overcome the weather and uh, everything else that's gone on. And I've got some interesting things and things in the pipeline. So, not really sure what the next episode is going to be. Uh, but I'll let you know when I know. But in April, uh, it's Superman month. It's Superman's 80th birthday. They've got a thousand issues of action comics coming out. So... We are going to have some special episodes dedicated to Superman uh, and what he means to people. It's really good. I think it's going to be really important uh, and it's going to be fascinating. So I look forward to uh, getting those out and getting some feedback on those. In the meantime, let me know what you think. Come back and uh, let me know how things are going on your side. Email me at 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at 20thCenturyGeek. Uh, or on Facebook under 20th Century Geek, on Tumblr, 20th Century Geek, all the geeks everywhere. Instagram, uh, always putting out some pics and stuff out there. But more importantly, help us keep the lights on at 20th Century Towers. Please, you know, we always want to keep the show getting stronger and stronger. Um, So find us on Patreon and um, donate whatever you can. Every penny helps, every donation, every subscriber. And check out the rewards. Uh, the big ones are going to be a movie review every month. So every month we're going to be reviewing a film uh, and doing a subscribers-only movie review, uh, which I think is going to be very special. So, until the next show, have a great time, and uh, I'll see you soon. You got-